It's Terry from No Crumbs Left, and I had so much fun today on this podcast with Tanya Rapley. She wants to leave the world a better place, and who doesn't love that? She is from My Fab Finance, and one of the things we talked about is how to make better decisions on a daily basis. Please listen in and let me know what you think. I'm excited about our next guest. I, you, someone that I've followed on Instagram. I know that you do amazing things and we're we're here to talk about it. Welcome, Tanya Rapley. Thank you so much for having me. Such a pleasure. So tell us a little bit about, I found out about you because I watched the Netflix show that you were in um, and I thought it was amazing and I loved the whole series and um, you know all of the different women in, and I was so impressed with what you're doing and your story and my fab finance, and we're all looking at our own uh, financial health, you know, and what we can do just to make a difference and rein ourselves in, and what to do when we fall off a cliff. And so, tell us about you know your story and how you got there and what you do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I would say that I've always wanted to be a change agent. My goal was to always leave the world better than I found it. But starting out, I worked in nonprofit, the nonprofit sector, um, in a variety of roles, whether it was creating programs for um, low-income individuals or advocating for affordable housing in New York City. And I brought in a program that was a financial literacy program for one of my, um, one of my, I guess, groups of community members that I worked with. And I was sitting in the back of the room listening. I was like, wait a minute, like, you don't have your finances together. You have a degree and everything else and you're in the same boat. You're in the same boat, girl. And so um, that was when I decided that I was going to do something about it and start working on improving my finances. Started a blog, documenting it. The blog turned into something greater than I ever imagined it would. I think I always had entrepreneurial interest but I didn't think it was going to come from a blog and financial education. I can tell you that. And so um, started my blog 2013, became self-employed in 2015. And now we're going into six years of self-employment. Amazing. What was your own journey with your own finances, you know, to sort of take you to the place where not only did you have to do it for yourself, but then inspired to do it for others? My journey, I mean, I think all of our journey starts growing up, you know, and I grew up with military parents and it was to the point where my parents didn't necessarily have to worry. They did not have to worry about losing their job because for them, it's like if you're going to get fired by the military, you're going to know it's a process. And so my parents weren't necessarily big on saving, but they were. They saved for rainy days, but not necessarily saving for retirement and so forth. So while financial responsibility was important because that's important for military individuals, um, such as credit and you know not having a, a ridiculous amounts of debt, savings retirement wasn't something that was necessarily um, communicated to me. And so I replicated that as I became an adult. Um, I had pretty decent credit up until I was in an abusive relationship, um, but I had pretty decent credit, um, but I hadn't saved anything. I, my savings account was dismal. I hadn't begun saving for retirement. I think the only retirement savings I had prior to starting my fab finance was from an internship with a city government. 
um, entity. And as soon as I left and they gave me an opportunity to cash out, I cashed that baby out and took all the penalties. And so um, I didn't have, I just felt like I wasn't properly planning for my future and setting myself up. And the journey began with awareness and starting to do things like, oh, this isn't so bad. Like, why haven't I been doing this all along? And sharing it with my friends, like, now, you know, if you just do this or do that. And my friends started asking me financial questions. Me? You want to hear from me about what I have to say about finance? And that was interesting because I was someone who struggled with math growing up. And I assumed that you had to be good at math to be good at money. And so I realized that my unique advantage was someone who wasn't good with math um, and someone who still could figure out how to properly manage their money, still could become um, financially secure. And I just looked around and I saw, you know, all these makeup YouTubers and fashion YouTubers and people talking about all these things other than what is at the core of our life experience, which is money which money dictates so much. It dictates accessibility. It dictates options. It dictates um, your ability to rest. It dictates uh, the quality of food you eat, the environment that you live in, and uh, being able to enjoy life's pleasures. And so I I felt like it was really important. And I was like, I always wanted to help people. This is how you're going to help people. And what do you say for people who really are, you know, under a lot of financial, you know, a mountain. It's like how to motivate yourself to say, I'm going to do that. And and what do you actually do? What are some of the tips that you might have for people? Yeah. I mean, you know, when it comes to discipline and dedication, there's really not a, you can't hack your way to discipline, in my opinion. It starts with the decision and figuring out the different ways that what's your reason like you know being driven by something bigger than just the words of i want to do this but really what's that reason and then um starting to starting small i think one of the biggest issues that people make is like they try to make these grandiose overhauls which can be challenging instead of building the momentum by starting small and building that confidence muscle and continuing to build it back to continue to build it along the way um, but there, like I said, there's no magic wand to discipline. I mean, you can, I've never tried hypnosis. You can try hypnosis if you want and so forth. But I think um, you're your secret ingredient when right. it comes to experiencing that. the financial transformation that you want. And that is both scary and powerful because it, it's scary. We're like, so there's no one who can help me with this. There's nothing I can do to just make this easier. But it's powerful because you realize that you're everything you need to create the transformation that you want to experience. And do you teach classes? How do people come and avail themselves of what you offer? I used to teach classes when I got started, but that's part of the journey is realizing, you know, where your energy is best spent, what your goals are and how what you're doing when it comes to your business is impacting your goals. And so for me, it was just very challenging to scale and focus on larger ticket projects and partnerships while I was doing the one-on-one coaching. And so I don't do it anymore. We have a membership club, but I'm actually in the process of closing that and aligning with other financial educators and experts that I respect and admire and um, creating relationships with them so that I solely create content and inspire people. We kind of revamped the My Fat Finance logo. It was like, we just, in the motto, we help you make better financial decisions so that you can achieve your financial goals. Like, 
I just really want to help people make better financial decisions on a daily basis because that's where the work starts is on a daily basis making those decisions. So in order to focus on that, I don't offer classes anymore, even though there's a variety of classes I've taught with other entities um, that are available online. But so what people can do is they can come over and follow you on your account. And just like I give daily inspiration about what to make next for dinner and ticks, uh, tips and tricks about, you know, meal prep, you're doing the same thing, but you're doing it with money. You're doing yeah, it with exactly. Money. Exactly. And is there a certain percentage that you think it's important for people to put away from what you make? Is there sort of a guideline that is a goal to go for? You know, it, it really does depend based on your situation. I mean, like an entrepreneur, you're going to put to put away more than someone who was a traditionally employed individual um, because the, you have to account for self-employment taxes and other things like that. And you might be responsible for a team and operational expenses. Um, but I mean, for people who have never invested before, like they're just like, it's just not their thing. I would say start with five to 10%. Um, the more confident and the more capable you become and the more consistent you can, you become, you know, try to scale it to 20%, 25%, 30%, what you can afford to do. But I'm very careful to throw out those numbers because everyone's situation is different. People live in different cities. Like I remember when I was getting started and people would make these, you know, you shouldn't be spending more than 30% of your housing. And I lived in New York City. I was like, my housing is like 75% of my budget. I, uh, I live in New York. And so I'm really careful to throw those out because it is relative. But I will say, aim to save something. Aim to put aside something. Um, and and you know what you your best has been in the past. So aim to either meet your best or make your way to your best or surpass your best. Uh, but 5 to 10%, um, sometimes that can be you know, on a monthly basis. Sometimes that can be on a weekly basis. We actually just posted today on My Fat Finance that if you save $14 a day, every day, just say $14 every day, you'll have $5,000 by the end of the year. Um, and so, you know, just thinking about breaking it down into micro goals. So maybe not $14, maybe 10 or maybe $5 a day, but you know, it all adds up. I love the micro goal. I think that's a great idea. And I don't know if I would be like Venmoing it to myself every day in a certain account, or you know, finding a way to do that. But I think that's that's kind of a great place to start. Um, tell me about minimizing the wealth gap. I mean, we live in such you know we live in a place where there is such a gap. And what do you think we can do? And I know you have some passion around that. What would you have to say about that? Yeah, definitely. As I mentioned before, money is so important to a lot of our life experiences, and so minimizing the wealth gap is important to me because there are people who are not fully experiencing the breadth of all that life has to offer because of financial resources. And not because they're not talented, not because they're not smart, um, just because maybe uh, systemic um, racism and just policies have been put in place and so forth, or the circumstances of their environment and what they've seen and what's available, what they believe is available. Um, so I think there's a few ways, and I always say like awareness is so important. That's one of the reasons I love the internet is because I think before the internet, before Instagram and so forth, it was very challenging to connect with people outside of your social sphere, your social network, or to even hear about their experiences other than what was on the news. I think that now people are being alerted to the different opportunities available to them in the different ways that other people who have been in their position have navigated upwards. 
Um, and so I just I think it's important for us to continue to tell our stories and continue to highlight people who have made it possible while ensuring that people who want the resources have access to them or people who, you know, maybe you don't want to become an entrepreneur, but maybe you want to thrive in corporate America and no one in your family has. And so having access to understanding about how to properly interview, how, what, how to negotiate a better salary or a better package for yourself, how to begin investing or how to direct um, your investments when you get your first 401k package at your job and so forth, and how to use that and cash that out to buy your first home without penalty. Um, I, I don't think that when it comes to minimizing the wealth gap, it's bigger than, okay, then let's just, you know, give people money. It's, well, let's help people understand the different avenues to creating wealth and how they can utilize them too. And where does, where do you think a person goes to get those resources? I mean, it's fantastic. Yeah, I mean, they can start with MyFab Finance uh, because we talk about things like that regularly. But they're also, you know, one of the great things about Instagram is, um, in particular, when you go to someone's platform and they're talking about certain information, you can click that little button, that little arrow that points down next to the follow button and find like-minded people who are also talking about that content. Like, fill your feed with people who are talking about these things. Um, people like to point out government resources and so forth. I'm not necessarily a fan. Um, I feel like at times they can be detached. And not, not even just government resources, sometimes banking resources too and everything. I don't think that they take account of um, individual circumstances and they can be overly generic, almost painfully generic. Um, so I would say, you know, YouTube is great for finding information and education. Uh, take a course if you can, you know, invest in a course and so forth. Books have been great resources. When I first started my journey, I got this book, Girl, Get Your Money Right by Glenda Bridgeforth. Uh, and that book, I, I didn't, I literally was working in New York making $13,000 a year when um, when I got like my first real job. And then they gave me a raise to 27,000, like big money. Um, so I had to go to the library and check out books and books were really helpful. Great idea. Um I know that also we share our passion for supporting small businesses, local businesses, minority businesses, and, you know, share with me a little bit about your thoughts on that. Yeah, it's, you know, I, I understand it can be an inconvenient at times to support small businesses. Like it's so much easier for me to go to Target to get my toilet paper, so much easier. But as a small business owner, I understand the importance of supporting other small businesses. And, you know, if I don't buy toilet paper from Target, like they're, they're, they're okay. But if there is a small business owner who is relying on me to support them, you know, I buy my trash bags from a small business owner. I buy my toilet paper and paper towels from a small business owner. I buy my toothbrushes from a small business owner, hair products, body care products, everything. Those are people who are relying on their customers to create a life for themselves and their employees. And if we want to see better products on the market, if we want to have more thoughtful options and so forth, then it's so important to support the people that are creating those better products and those thoughtful options, which is often small business owners who have the capacity to create things at a smaller run or um, are creating things because they see a, a need. And so it's our responsibility to support other small business owners. Even if we're not a small business owner, I think we have a collective responsibility to support our other human beings that are willing to create something. It takes a lot to create. 
And I don't take that for granted. And so I want to support as many creators as possible. Um, so I just say, you know, like for me, sometimes I'll run out of something and my initial thought would be like, oh, go order it on Amazon. I'd be like, wait a minute, let's find a small business alternative for this. And I also understand that that is also a direct reflection of where I am financially, that even though something is more expensive and inconvenient, I can afford to do it because I'm in a financial position to do so. And we're thinking about minimizing the wealth gap and that impact. It allows people who are thoughtful consumers, such as myself, to support makers and creators as well. Um, so it's it's collective. You know, it's like we, we support each other and like that person's child goes to your school or, you know, it. I think it's beautiful and it allows for more entrepreneurs to inspire the next crop of entrepreneurs. Absolutely. I'm a small business owner myself. I've got a, a pottery business that we started a, you know, a few years ago. And um, it, I really, it means a lot to me when people, you know, choose to support. Right. You know, support they, like they chose you. It's the best, you know, and, and, and the artists that we have. And, you know, when people ask me about where to get your, you know, where do you get, where do I get your book? I always say, you know, don't, if you can avoid it, don't go to Amazon, you know, go to semicolon in Chicago or go to Roscoe books. I don't ever sell the books myself because I don't want to compete with the bookstores. And I think, you know, bookstore owners are so amazing. And to the extent that we can, the other day I wanted to buy walking shoes and I could go on Zappos and there's nothing wrong with it. And it's fabulous. But I was like, I'm going to get my butt over to Moose Jaw. I'm going to get the boots from them. I know it's going to be more, but the reality is if we're not making a priority to support, to support businesses and to shop there, they will be gone. And then yeah. it is just the world of big box. So exactly. And then we're devastated and complaining. There's no options. It's like, no, we didn't support the options. It's so important. I, I bought a vanity for my bathroom um, from a small business and they sent me a note that says, we are a small business. This really means something to us. You know, thank you. And I was, I was so blown away. I just love that they, that they took the time to write me a personal note and, you know, you know, we're going to be installing it and it's going to be exciting. That's amazing. We'll be right back with more No Crumbs Left Table Talks. I'm so delighted that Room and Board was our podcast sponsor and on the book tour. And, you know, going to all of the cities and going to Room and Board, you really get to sort of know the company. The people that work there are amazing. So in terms of putting together something for you that is wonderful, and I really like that it's that it's American made and American craftsmanship. That makes a difference for me. Here's one thing I love. I'm a real couch person. Like I love the feeling of just sitting in like a really just nice, high quality, soft couch that you can melt into. Every couch at Room and Board is like that. And that's kind of, you know, couches are the, the MO of my life. So it's a let's go moment. With everything you're doing, you know, this is something I'm thinking. It's the beginning of the year and we're all wanting to commit to, you know, our health and financial health and, you know, our own wellness. And, you know, for people like you and I who are on social media and who are answering, you know, lots of questions and requests and all that, how do you avoid burnout? I mean, I see your beautiful pictures because I follow you on your personal account too. And I see the beautiful pictures like with your family and, and you know, some great trips you've taken, you know, probably pre-COVID. So how do you do that? How do you avoid burnout and be able to focus on the family also? Asking for a friend. It's a delicate balance, Terry. It is something that I am not always the best at. Um, but when I'm good at avoiding it, um, it is creating clear boundaries uh, and stating a strict bedtime. Like, no, we're turning everything off at this time. 
Uh, it is having a clear morning practice, making sure that I'm creating time to meditate, but also taking time throughout the day just to do like some breath work, to be mindful of my breathing, getting outside um, in the middle of my workday and just going for a walk or taking my son for a walk. Um, but also it is delegation for me. I do not subscribe to the narrative that I have to be superwoman and that it takes away from me um, or my accomplishments if I can't do it all. I don't have a desire to do it all. And um, so we, you know, we have a nanny for our son, which has been great so that we can get work done. Me and my husband are both entrepreneurs. Um, you know, if I have a busy week coming up, I'll do meal prep. I mean, because I'm the type of person I will work and not eat. Like even today before we were getting started, I was like, I have to eat berries because that's literally the first thing I've eaten today at one o'clock. Um, so usually I'll, if I have a busy week, I'll hire a meal prep or something of that nature to make sure that I'm eating and taking care of myself in a healthy way. Um, but it is, you know, checking in regularly. So I try to check in regularly with myself. One of the things I've also instated is as a mother, um, you're always on, you know, like you're always on. And so um, tomorrow I'm checking myself into a hotel. I, I, we hired our nanny overnight my husband is traveling. I'm checking myself into a hotel, going to get a massage at the hotel and going back to my room and going to sleep. Like just nothing. I'm not responsible for anyone but myself. And I am just going to recharge and get some rest. Um, and I'm trying to do that at least once a quarter. But it's it's a challenge because I've also found that I'm the type of person that I take something off my plate and then I add stuff back into that empty space. I'm like, I have all this time now. So now we can launch a podcast. Like, no, no, you were not supposed to be doing that. So it is regularly checking in with myself, but surrounding myself with people and delegating and um, listening to my body and how I'm feeling. I, I Full transparency. Last year was one of the most challenging years for me health-wise. Um, not entirely sure what was going on. They never were able to pinpoint anything. But um, I ended up working with a practitioner and like sleep was something he was like, you have to get at least nine hours of sleep. Um, and I was doing well. And when I first started working with him, then nine turned to seven hours and seven turned to five. Then it was like four hours. You only got four hours of sleep last night. Um, and I started to feel it last month. And my mom pulled me aside and was like, hey, you you're you're doing a lot. You're overworking. Hence me going ahead and say, you know what? I'm going to book this time for myself to just sleep. So it's important to also have people around me. I think as an entrepreneur, it's important or a, a, um, a driven individual. It's important to have people around you who can also say, hey, are you taking time for yourself? Let's, let's, everything will be okay. And I will say that is that that's one of the things that I have had to realize and what's most important to me. If I take time for myself, things are not going to implode. Right. They're not. If I don't respond to an email, things are not going to implode. Like my business is still going to be there the next day. So if you feel you need to take the time, then then take the damn time. I think it's so important. I know that, you know, I'm an entrepreneur. We've got, you know, the pottery. I've got our weekly newsletter that goes out, you know, to 75,000 people. We've got um, the podcast. We've got the brand work. Um, it's, it's a lot. And I, you know, and I'm, an, I'm an overworker, you know, hustler for sure, but it's just, I mean, for myself, this is going to be the year of taking care of me, finding a way to prioritize 
rest, you know, and realizing, you know, my partner always says to me, Terry, in, you know, we're living in a world where there's a finite amount of time and there is an end to the time that we have and you have to decide how you're going to spend your time, you know? And so it's like, you know, for me, it's just like, how, how do I do that? How do I embrace it? And so I am definitely, it's my year of health, of movement, of water, and I'm, you know, you know, sleep, um, and definitely, you know, rest and prioritizing, you know, spending time with people that I love too. So it's just, yeah. it's like, how do we all fit it in? You know, it's, it's, I know, and I don't think we can figure it out on the podcast, but <laughs> no, but I'm reading this book, I'm reading Big Leap. Um, and one of the things they say is like, basically just understand that you have control over your time and that decide that time is working in your favor and how you want to spend your time and just make make time, make time. Even though we have 24 hours a day, they're like, make time, make time. And that's an interesting concept to me. It's just like, no, we're making the time. And we tend to make the time for things. You know, we think about how relative time is. Wherein if you're really excited for something, five minutes feels like forever. But if you are dreading something, five minutes feels like it flies. And that just goes to show how relevant it is and just like the ability to create more time. So I think that was an interesting concept, but I, I'm looking forward to seeing you getting more rest this year because you deserve it. I'm going to do it. One thing that I want to ask you, and then I want to talk about your new business is what did you learn from the sleep person? Are there any you know tips or tricks that you walked away with that you found to be very helpful? From this what person? I'm sorry. I thought there was somebody that you said that it was helping you with sleep and getting enough sleep. Oh, my practitioner. Uh, yeah. I mean, it wasn't, it was beyond sleep. It was just understanding how, um, I always thought I ate well, but realizing you aren't eating as well as you thought you were. Mm -hmm. Um, I really cleaned up my diet. I had a terrible sugar addiction, like something gnarly. And so we, um, first addressed that. Um, and that was driven by an overgrowth of yeast in my digestive tract and so forth, which is also presenting as IBS. Like they diagnosed me with IBS and all these other issues. And like, no, my gut was just out of whack. And, um, and so I, I learned how the whole is connected and the importance of like each of my individual organ systems and making sure that they're like, they're functioning optimally and just not not, I guess, the the importance of what I put on and in my body. I feel like I've always been aware of that. Like I went natural because I didn't want to use chemicals on my scalp and everything. And But I went natural. I was still eating. I was living in New York at this time. So I was still eating fried chicken from the bodega below me. It's like, so you're not going to put it on your scalp, but you're going to put it in your body. Um, so in working with him, um, just Learning, I've been learning more about my food sources and been very intentional about my food sources. Where does this fish come from? Where was it, you know, how was it raised? Understanding the difference between farmed and wild caught and um, the different types of, of fish and so forth. So it's just working with him has not only helped me get more sleep. I also was a person who if I drank maybe what size bottle of water, what size water is this? 33, 33 ounces. If I drank 16 ounces of water in one day, we were pat on my back, like, yay. I was that person. Now working with him, I drink 96 ounces of water a day. And so um, it's just taking better care of, of the engine that powers this. Because one thing my midwife told me um, was that the body keeps the score. And so like, we can do all these things and like, but you can't fool your body. The body keeps the score. So take care of it. 
Yeah, totally. And here I am with my jar of 32 ounces with lemon that I am doing three times a day. So amazing. I'm, uh, I'm, my Peloton's coming tomorrow. So I'm, uh, I'm pretty psyched about it. Oh, they're so fun. I don't have a Peloton. I have a the Soul Cycle bike, but it is awesome. So it fun. is so fun to just lock in. I finally am like, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. So um, tell me about Club Lupa, because apparently you don't have enough going on that you have a new business. You know, I was like, you really bought a business last year, huh? Yeah. And and launched a nonprofit. So um, Club Lufa, I wanted, being a service-based entrepreneur, I wanted, I realized how important it was to have the opportunity to scale your businesses and scale your interests and so forth. So I purchased an e-commerce business called Club Lufa. I knew I didn't want to create something from from out of, like, from scratch. But I was I was like, I have enough business acumen. If I bought something that was existing, I could improve it. So we bought this company in November of 2019. And it's been it's been steadily growing. Um, I think that I entered it thinking we're going to have this explosive growth. We're going to hit a million in our first year. No, we're trickling. But it, it's a learning experience. And it's an opportunity for me to exercise a different part of my brain now. Um, and it's, it's a challenge. And one of the things that's important with Club Lufa is we're helping improve people's daily bath ritual. And so as busy entrepreneurs, a lot of times, you know, sometimes I know when I was a new mom, like getting in a shower was kind of like the only alone time I had. Like the only time that my child wasn't like on my breast or I wasn't getting spit up on or like just not on. It was. And so for a lot of us, the shower is just like we, some of us think our best in our shower. Um, and just are able to rejuvenate just the feeling of that water. Um, and so we want to really help people enhance their daily bathing rituals. And, but a lot of people don't realize that you're supposed to replace your loofah every three to four weeks. And so they are contaminating their daily bathing rituals by not replacing their loofah. So we don't want to add one more thing to your life to think about. So we're a subscription service that delivers premium daily bathing tools and rit- um, for your rituals monthly. Oh, I love that. I'm a, as a girl who is a professional taking a bath in the evening kind of person. I love the idea of that. So what might be some of the things that you would have, you know, in the packages? Yeah. So right now we, we have our individuals, we have our, you know, the traditional, traditional classic plastic poof. Um, but we also are rolling out more sustainable options. So we just um, got our dry brushes in um, to encourage dry brushing and, you know, lymphatic, that's really good for draining um, and getting your lymphatic system moving and so forth and helping your body detoxify itself. Um, we also have these Japanese smoothing brushes that I'm really excited about us rolling out to help remove some of the dead skin and get it deeper clean. Then we also have our organic loofahs. And so right now we don't have packages per se. We just allow people to customize based on what their skincare needs are and their lather preference. And you choose your tool and then we'll deliver it to you monthly. But we're in the process um, at Q3, of this year, we'll probably be rolling out our body care line. I just want to make sure that it is it is mindfully crafted. So we're taking our time on it. Um, congratulations. I think it sounds wonderful. And I definitely want to be a customer. I want to commit to um, my, my lather preference. I mean, I, I just like, I just want to use that everywhere now, lather preference. <laughs> What's your lather preference? And, I love it. And trying, so I try out all the products. Like, you know, I mean, I, I like shopping. So I get to shop for our products and try them out. They're all in our shower. But it's funny because I'll talk to my husband. I'll be like, so how do you like that one? And he was like, I mean, it didn't really 
lather like I wanted it to. And I was just like, who are you? Like, I love are, you are you clean? I have a lather preference. I mean, I want a lot of lather. I mean, right? I didn't realize it was a thing, Terry. Like, I don't think I'm a high lather person, but I'm realizing it's a thing. Some of our reviews are coming there. They're like, oh my, not, I'm big on like, does it remove the dead skin? Right. Some people are like, oh my God, this lather. And I'm like, really? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. You know, my fit, I got a new cleanser and it really lathers. Like you just actually, I'm using like a double pump gal, but you can only do one pump because you really would over lather. So I love it because it feels like, you know, something fabulous is happening. Oh, I need to know what this cleanser is. I, I guess I am when it comes to my skincare, my face care, kind of like, yeah, I'll pump, 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 pump until I feel like I'm going to get a, work up a good lather. Well, your skin is amazing. So whatever you're doing is important. Thank you. I'm, I'm trying. It's. I, I went into quarantine thinking like, okay, I want to leave this with better skin than I entered it with. We're going to figure this out. You did it. I mean, I, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it was amazing before, but I, I want whatever whatever it is. I want I want two of them. Um, well, this has been so fantastic. I've loved having you. I want to ask you in closing, just, you know, I'm a girl who my mother's been gone 20 years, but she so influenced my life and she still influences it every day in sort of everything I do. Um, and how did your mother influence your life? Oh, that's beautiful. Um, my mother influenced my life by demonstrating that as a woman, you can be dynamic. And by dynamic, I mean, my mom was a career military, um, is a career, well, I guess she was career military because she's not in the military anymore. She's in the military for 22 years. And I watched my mom lace up her combat boots and wear her fatigues and everything to work. And she worked around all men. Um, she worked on a flight line working, building airplanes and so forth. And then she came home and she was delicate and she was our mother and she like took care of herself and had her nails done. And she showed me that like, you can like, you can be rugged and you can be a sharpshooter. My mom was a certified sharpshooter, but you can also be feminine and you can be a mother and you can be vulnerable. Um, and so I learned how to be dynamic from her that you don't have to be one or the other. You can be all of those things. I love that. That is such a beautiful thing to say. And what about, you know, what about one thing about you being a mother? You know, what's one thing that you love or, you know, tell, just give me a, a nugget on that. Being a mother has revealed to me the beauty of how pure we are when we enter this world. I look at my son and see how pure he is because he is not influenced by everything else, just what goes on in our house. And it's beautiful. It is just, and it's inspiring. It's the best. And when you're, you know, my kids are 23 and 27 and you just still feel that like so, so deeply, deeply, fiercely in love with them. Um, you know, and, and when your kids are little, it's like, you can't ever imagine that they're going to leave, you know, that they're going to leave your house. And you, it is like, it's so heartbreaking to think of yet when it happens, it's the most natural thing in the world. And although you know, the day they go off to college or something, it's definitely like you are crying yourself. I'm going to be a mess. Oh, you are, like, you are the crazy, that's the crazy cry. Like you've never, you know, but what happens is it's very, very natural and normal. And, you know, I just still, I talk to my kids every day, you know, we're still, my daughter's working with me some right now, part-time and I'm in their lives just, you know, still every day. And with the, you know, everything's going on, I haven't even seen my daughter. It's going to be a year, which I, I cannot imagine, but we're on Facebook, you know, FaceTime, we talk, 
every day. And um, it's amazing how much we can still be with people we love mm -hmm. you know, if we're not physically with them. So I know she, I know your children are so proud. They're so proud. You've done, you've built so much and continue to. So they definitely, I'm sure you're proud of them. I definitely am. And they are, and it's been fun, you know, to, it's, you know, it's just been fun for them to see because what happened to me, I didn't plan. It wasn't like, I was like, oh, I'm going to be a blogger. It, I never planned that. It's really like, I like to eat and I like to talk about food and it grew from, you know, many, you know, a few people following to having a following where I had to have a blog. And I'd be like, I don't want to have a blog. What does that mean? I'm not a writer. So um, it's been fun. It's definitely been fun. Where do people find you? Yeah. So I would say I tie everything together so they can find me on um, my website is tanyarapley.com. That's T-O-N-Y-A rapley.com. Um, and my social media channel, like tanya.rapley on Instagram. And if it's easier for you, you can go to continuetheconvo.com. That allows you to text me any question you have and so forth, or just kind of connect with me on a deeper level because I'm really building out um, my interaction with people who really want to learn more about my 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 more intimate experiences as a mompreneur. So continuetheconvo.com also. I love it. You're doing a lot. I think you and I are both going to this year we're going to unravel these parts that are going to really care for ourselves. And we're going to, we should check in with each other. How are we doing? How are we doing on the rest? You know, how are we doing on taking some time where we're not working? So I, I have a feeling it's going to be a fabulous year for both of us. I agree. And I promise if it wasn't a pandemic, I say, Terry, let's go away. Let's go somewhere if there wasn't a pandemic happening right now. And I definitely want to send you my cookbook because I think it, it's really a lot about whole foods and it's a, it's a really good cookbook. It happens to be dairy-free and gluten-free, although there's like, a, you know, 20% are like family recipes that aren't, but it's a lot of great what to make for dinner and even just inspiration. So I'm going to have Zach get your address and we'll send you out one. I would, I would love that because cooking is not my ministry. It's not, it's, I wish like family gathering, do not ask me to cook. Like my little sister's the opposite. She has a menu planned out her and my mom. I'm just like, I can order something. So I would love to wow them the next time and cook something okay. for your cookbook. And you can, t you can message me and I'll talk you through it. But I think also it's important to be the person. I have those relatives that I know they can't cook and they're going to bring a lovely dessert from Bittersweet. They're going to bring a loaf of bread. They could do the flowers. So I don't think you've got to poo-poo that. I think fantastic. Embrace it. You know, learn to make some great things, you know, for your own, you know, delicious food. But it, you may be the person that's going to carry out. And I think it's fine. There's enough we're doing. <laughs> there's enough i did not need to add chef to my title but i'm gonna send you the book anyway because it's a lot about love and family and heart and all that good stuff so. I'd, I'd appreciate that i look forward to being able to cook some things with my son so i would greatly appreciate that thanks so much for being here thank you for having me happy new year thank you was so delighted to have you today it's no crumbs left come over and find me on instagram facebook pinterest or the blog have a great day 